Have you ever tried to read the entire Bible and gotten stuck halfway through or been too intimidated to even start? We have the perfect book for you. It's from the St. Philip Institute and it's called From the Beginning, God's Search for Man. In 47 days, we guide you through the big picture of scripture from Genesis to the resurrection. Each day, there is a short reading from the Bible accompanied by an essay to help you see the connections between the Old and New Testament. You can pre-order today for $5 at stphilipinstitute.org. Thanks. The church describes the Eucharist as the source and summit of Christian life, but what does that mean and how does that translate into family life? So in this episode, we sort of explore that. We um, hope to offer some encouragement to families and individuals and practical advice on how to make the Eucharistic Lord the source and summit of our homes. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. We're back. Yes, we are. We have huge smiles on our faces. Oh, it's so good to be back with you in the studio. Um, we have been away for about eight weeks, I guess. Yeah. Um, just sharing some of our favorite episodes from last year. But the time away has been really good, I think. Mm-hmm. We really got a chance to discern where is God calling us with this podcast, but also our team, the yeah. whole St. Philip Institute team had a chance to sit down. And in case you're new here, um, the Life Beyond the Chariot podcast was started with the idea that we know like these really beautiful teachings of the church, right? We have this beautiful catechesis, but what we want to to help um, families to do is to take that, that catechesis, those beautiful teachings of the church, and apply them to everyday life, which can be really challenging. Yep, absolutely, because every day in the home is different, and every family is different, but our faith stays the same. Amen. Um, and how do we live that out? And so... We are by no means experts. Nope. <laughs> We're just living in the mess exactly. with everyone else. Our yeah. hearts love Jesus, and we try to do that better every day. And so, um, yeah, we just kind of hash this out together. Yeah. And I love doing it. So yeah. we're excited to be back. Very excited. So right now in the Diocese of Tyler, we are in the year of Mary and the Eucharist. And one of the things that we really prayed about as a team was like, how can we help our families and um, just all of the Catholics in East Texas and whoever else is listening um, to draw near to the heart of Mary, but also and especially close to the Eucharist, which is the source and summit of our faith. So as you're listening to our podcast, know mm-hmm. that there is also the St. Philip Institute podcast, which is hosted by Dr. Luke Arredondo. And um, Luke will be covering a lot of the catechetical um, side of things. And yep. our hope is that we can all work together. <laughs> so if you're interested in hearing some of the scripture and um, the catechism explained, Luke is really unpacking that. And for the next few weeks, um, we're kind of going back and forth between mm-hmm. the two podcasts. He's covering the catechetics of um, the Eucharist, focusing on the section from the catechism. And Mickey and I are unpacking that. What does that look like in day-to-day life right. <laughs> as moms, as wives, 
as people just trying to to live our faith better day by day. So Year of Mary in the Eucharist, what is like your hope for this year? I know we talked with Bishop Strickland at the end of the year about this, but what are you hoping that you receive from from this year? Um, I, I mean, I know it's a big hope. I just hope to have a deeper relationship with Mary and our Eucharistic Lord. This idea keeps come to keeps coming into my mind and in my prayers like um, I know that they know my heart mm. and I want to know theirs. Mm. So really it's just like knowing the heart of Mary as my mother, knowing the heart of Jesus as my Savior. Um, and so how that's going to look and how that's going to unfold, I don't know. But I my hope is that I stay committed to my um, like resolve to really try to explore the hearts yeah. of Mary and Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful. and then I'm my, I'm hopeful that if I do that, then my kids will see a difference in me. Um, and as much as I want to like also share the hearts of Mary and Jesus with my children, for me it's too much to do like everything at once. And so I think I just want to focus on me. And I think by doing that. Um, that the changes that happen to me will just flow into my family mm, life. That's beautiful. That is Thanks. beautiful. <laughs> I love that. We had a meeting as a team yesterday, and Bishop Strickland said something that that really struck me. It's like the the goal of this year is to like how do we help Catholics to have a Eucharistic heart or have a love of the Eucharist outside of the Sunday liturgy? Like, mm-hmm. what does what role does the Eucharist play in my life as a Catholic outside of Sunday Mass? Mm-hmm. And that really struck me. Um, and and just thinking about, like, even as someone who, who works for the church, like, is the Eucharist the source and summit of my, like, everything that, that we're striving to do? Um, but I think that's my hope for this year, is really making the Eucharist part of my daily life and mm-hmm. uh, and not just something where we check in yeah. on Sunday. No, and I think it's great to sort of revisit that question. Like, am I living a life? Like, I think sometimes when we ask ourselves the question, like, is the Eucharist a source in someone of my life? And we have to answer that. I think that it brings up a lot. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we use these terms like source and summit of the Christian life and that the Eucharist is the most important thing. Like it's the reason that we're Catholic mm-hmm. is that we believe in the true presence. And but like, how do we make that part of our daily life at in family life and as individuals, like what concretely does that look like? Is it, you know, just making like attending mass on Sunday or going to daily mass. But when we say Eucharist is source and summit, how does that translate into family life? Yeah. When I think first, and I know Luke's going to unpack a lot of this um, in the other podcast, but just to know that for Catholics, the Eucharist is Jesus. Mm. Um, it is Jesus, and that this belief in the Eucharist is not this thing that points us to something abstract. It is the person. It is God himself who comes mm. and wants to enter into our lives. Like God humbles himself enough to come in what looks like the form of bread, but it is him. It is him, and he wants to share that so that we can share in his divinity. And that is amazing. And I would just say the first thing is like, do we know what the Eucharist is? Mm. And if we're struggling with it on a personal level, what am I doing to address that? 
Um, and I would just say, act as if it is. Yeah. Like, almost like fake it till you make it, but act as if it is. Um, like, I'm struggling, but I am going, what do, what do I think it looks like? If someone says, I believe that this is Jesus, how do you expect them to act? Yeah. What kind of, and live that way. Yeah. Um, and that would, I guess, that would be sort of the first step is like knowing what it is, assenting to that. I'm really saying I'm struggling with the belief, but mm-hmm. I am going to live as if it is true. And Lord, help me. Yeah. Lord, help me in belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the other thing that I think sometimes we can lose track of as Catholics or as a cradle Catholic, as someone who's been receiving communion since I was in second grade, um, it can be really easy to lose sight of the fact that it is the Eucharist that makes it possible for us to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like everything that we do, um, it flows from the Eucharist and we find our strength there. And w- I mean, w- and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but even looking at our particular vocations, like that as, as spouses, as mothers, um, in whatever state in life you're in, that the Eucharist is where we receive that strength to do what God is calling us to do. Mm -hmm. It's just drawing near to the heart of our Lord and that that real presence really does make an impact. Yeah. And, and two, I think even looking at points in my life when I have been intentional and dedicated time to spending more time with our Lord, like in adoration, which I know we'll talk about later, I'm properly preparing myself for Sunday mass those have always been fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know the impact that the Eucharistic Lord has had in my life mm. because I've done something with his grace, right? Yeah. I've responded to yeah. his invitation, yes. I guess. And he changes that. So I also have experience of my life from times when I have been really invested in that, but also times in my life when I haven't and how that's changed. I can very clearly see those times in my life when I've been further away and closer and how that has affected everything, either in a negative or positive way. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, that's a good, that's a really good point. And um, I know we've talked on on this podcast and on the St. Philip Institute podcast when we, I think one of the very early podcasts, we were kind of sharing our stories Mm -hmm. and our journeys with the Lord. And I think for both of us, sorry, the Eucharist has been a key place in our journeys. And I know sometimes it can be really hard, like for parents, thinking about like what may have been in the past where mm-hmm. you could just make a holy hour at 1 a.m. and yeah. or spend hours in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And, um, you know, you don't have all of these different commitments, but finding ways to bring the Eucharist into the heart of the home um, it can be challenging. It can be challenging. I think I had shared with the team yesterday. Like it's it's hard for me to bring my kids to adoration, or it's not something that I've actually tried to do outside of like a family adoration where like kids were allowed and things <laughs> like that, um, or there was this expectation that there would be extra noise. But I know for me, like you were saying, just like how impactful spending an hour in front of the the Blessed Sacrament a couple of times a week during college. At the time, I don't think I realized what was happening, Mm -hmm. like just sitting before Jesus and kind of 
like kind of throwing up my hands and saying like, I don't know where you're calling me, Lord, but I I'm here. Um, and looking back, I see that as a key moment in my own discernment. So knowing the impact that it has had on my own journey, oh, I, how, how much I long for that for my children, mm-hmm. that I want them to, to fall in love with Jesus there and to recognize the true presence. Um, and I think in, in other episodes, we'll probably unpack some practicals as far as like yeah. how to how to do a, a family holy hour, how to do these different things, but that it is worthwhile to to bring our children to the feet of our Lord, to bring them to mass. Um, and we've had episodes on that too. But yeah, um, but yeah that that's key to, to family life. Yeah, and I think too that our, our children um, learn a lot from what the parents dedicate time to. And so I think maybe even just looking like, are we making Sunday Mass a priority? Mm. Um, because that's something that our faith calls us. Like, this is this is part of the commandments. We're right. called to. It's not, like, right. optional. So are we making the bare minimum of going to Mass? Like, is do we have to rearrange our whole week to make that happen? Do we have to change what we do on Saturday night to where my kids aren't super tired on Sunday? Um, what do we need to do to make that part of our faith better? Yeah. Um, do our kids see us in prayer? Do they see us um, showing reverence to Jesus in in other ways? Yeah. You know, and I think that that's important because we could talk all day about the source and summit of our faith, but our children have to see something tangible in us. Right. And right. Um, so, how we are at mass. Um, what is our disposition? Like if yeah. we're always irritated right. because they're acting <laughs> right. up, like then right. they may think, well, they care more about what I'm doing than what God is doing at the yeah. altar. And they may not think in those terms. Yeah. But I do think they get a lot from just watching yeah. us and yeah. how um, and how we worship. And so I, what do your kids see? And I, my kids are old enough to where I can ask them and they'll be honest. Um, but even just ask the kids, like, do I act in a way that makes you think that I have a good relationship mm. with Jesus? And I think mm. that you can do this with older kids, yeah. but don't ask if you're not prepared for the answer, <laughs> especially if you have maybe right. preteens or teenagers right. or whatever, right. um, if they'll engage in those conversations. But, um, yeah, how do they, how do they see you? Yeah. yeah. As you were saying that, I was thinking of, um, like rituals and in our family, Friday nights are movie night. So the kids know that we're probably going to get pizza or we'll order it or we'll get a frozen pizza or something. And we'll lay out a blanket in the living room and we are going to have pizza and watch a movie. And my son, Simon, he is very particular on like following <laughs> a ritual. If we don't do movie night on Friday, he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, it is Friday. Like we are supposed to follow a protocol. And if we have something that's not pizza, he like... Anyway, he understands that there's like this family ritual yeah. <laughs> around movie night. And it it makes me think like our kids pick up on those things, like yeah. what's a value to us. Like it's 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 something that we enjoy doing together and we spend time together and um and it's something that we do every week. But is mass is mass something that my children are also picking up on? Is it like you were saying, like do my kids just see Sunday morning as the time when mom gets really agitated because people aren't getting dressed quick <laughs> enough or um, or things like that? Or do they understand like this is part of our family's 
culture. This is part of our, our family life, and it is, a, it is an essential part mm-hmm. of our family life, even more than movie night. Um, yeah. That mass on Sunday is the most important thing that we do. Um, and I also want to say, I, I think it's worthwhile saying, like, because we're a lot of, of our audience are um, families or moms, um, that if you are not there yet, if you are in the season of motherhood, <laughs> of parenting, where mass is challenging, where mass is, it's a workout, <laughs> or like you're going back and forth from the, the cry room, and it's just like, is, are we getting anything out of this? Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus loves that you are there, and I mean, we could probably have a whole other episode on this, but even if you're getting like glares from that one lady <laughs> a few pews ahead of you, um, Jesus wants you there and to persevere in that because although you may be in a season where kids are running laps around the cathedral or not that that's happened, not that that's happened to <laughs> me, um, uh, but that it's that Jesus smiles and he is so, so happy that you are bringing your children to him. And although they can't receive the Eucharist yet, the fact that you are making that effort and the sacrifice and the humility of Mm -hmm. sitting through mass with squirming kids or misbehaving kids, like it's okay. So if no one has said that to you lately, we are saying that to you now, please persevere in that because when we say this is a source and summit of our faith, it's true, It's, it's absolutely true. And the Eucharist is what we believe it is, and um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and you just have to fight for it. I mean, this is one of those things, uh, you know, people always say, pick your battles. Mm-hmm. This is the <laughs> one, right? Um, and then, so when we were talking about what do we come back with when we, when we get yeah. back together and we're like, the source and summit of our faith, this is the battle that's got to be on the top of our mm-hmm. priority list. And that may include lots of little battles, you know, um, like getting our kids ready for church um, or, um, I don't know, uh, dragging our teenager there who, like, says they hate us because now they have to waste an hour of their time sitting and listening to whatever, you know. Um, but this fight is worth it. Yes. Like, um, yes. there was a quote that I was reading. This was um, St. Faustina had received visions of Jesus, and he spoke mm-hmm. to her. And one of the things he said to her, he said, My daughter, rest close to my heart. Known to me are your efforts. Mm. Like, God knows our efforts, even if our efforts fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when, because our efforts will fail at times. Yeah. Um, and but God sees our effort and he knows that yeah. and trying to sort of step away that all of the other people like in the pews or all of the other people observing our life from the mm-hmm. outside in they don't know like they don't know our hearts they don't know our family they don't know what we've been through um God does and just rest in that. So instead of like focusing on the lady who's maybe like, okay, now might be the time you take your kid out. (laughs) It's really try to be like, okay, how is God looking at my child right now? What does God's gaze look like Mm. right now Mm. on me and my family? I'm sure. I mean, I I don't want to like say what I know the mind of God, but I don't think he'd be looking like, you need to take that kid out of my house. Please, please step <laughs> out. Know? Please go to the um, cry room. Right. And if we have to cry in mass because we're just frustrated, yeah. like hand that over to God. Like 
I think we all have these sort of battles, and I think that the more that we try to engage in these battles, the more resistance we're going to get because the enemy does not want us Mm. to succeed in this quest to make the Eucharist the source and summit of our life. So expect battles. Battles. Yeah, that makes sense. The other thing that I think is really helpful for families to think about, um, particularly married couples and parents, is to really reflect on what is the role of the Eucharist in your marriage? Um, and are you able to receive the Eucharist right now? Mm-hmm. Um, some couples are in an irregular situation. Maybe there's like divorce and remarriage, or they got married outside of the church, and so they're not able to receive communion, or you don't realize that you shouldn't be receiving communion right now. What I would really encourage and really invite you to pray about, especially like if you're listening to this during the Lenten season, um, that this could be a really good time to think about how is God calling me back to the sacraments? And that resolving whatever marriage issue there may be, if there's um, a need to just like have a convalidation or to go through the annulment process or whatever it may be in your situation, whatever obstacle there is, to you returning to the Eucharist, or if there's a misunderstanding, like just because you're divorced doesn't mean that you can't um, come back to the Eucharist. But to, one, to pray about that, how is God calling you back to himself? Because he is. Mm -hmm. God is calling you back to his Eucharistic heart. God is calling you back to himself. And the church wants to help you with that. Um, I don't think we're as vocal as we need to be with that. So if you're listening, (laughs) we want you back. We want to help you in in your relationship with our Lord, but especially to be able to receive his body and blood Um, in the Holy Eucharist. And I was reading, um, there's this really beautiful article from the Diocese of Phoenix, um, and they were talking about um, some some quotes from Pope Benedict, um, where he was talking about how marriage and the Eucharist um, are so related. And it says, like, in the Eucharist, Catholic married couples meet the one who is the source of their marriage. In the sacraments, in the sacrifice of the new and eternal covenant, Christian spouses encounter the source from which their own marriage covenant flows. It is interiorly structured and continuously renewed. We cannot live the sacrament of marriage. We cannot live our vocation well without the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. So if there is anything keeping you from the Eucharist right now, whether you're married or not, <laughs> if there is something, if, there if there's an impediment, sin, whatever, (laughs) whatever it is that's keeping you from our Lord, run back to him, talk to a priest, go to confession, um, ask the church how we can help you to to return to that. But and especially for married couples, because I know so many couples who long for their children to receive first communion and confirmation and they understand the value of the sacraments that it's not just like a ritual that we go through and we and a box that we need to check but they long for their children to become saints they long for their children to receive our lord but they themselves can't receive him the church wants to help you mm-hmm. and um, there was another quote from here that says Marriage continually sends the believing Catholic back again to the Eucharist. Here is where the gratitude that has become a life-giving habit in marriage can be fully and completely expressed. Eucharist, after all, means Thanksgiving, and marriage is a school for gratitude. So for those of us who are already married in the church, who are, are trying to live the sacrament day by day, knowing that the Eucharist is essential to a healthy Catholic marriage, we, it's not an option <laughs> and it's not something where like, well, we can just go at Christmas and Easter and we'll be good. 
like there, there is nothing better. There is nothing more intimate than the Eucharist. And that if I want to be the wife and the mother that God has called me to be, if I want to um, live the vocation, if I want to be happy, I need the Eucharist in my life. Yeah, because even like um, in the Catechism, um, in paragraph 1324, it talks about, when it's talking about that the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life, it says that all of the other sacraments are bound up with the Eucharist mm-hmm. and are oriented toward it. Mm. Um, for in the Blessed Sacrament is contained the whole spiritual good of the Church, which is Christ himself. Mm. And so, um, again, fight worth fighting, you know, getting in there. Um, and also knowing that that every sacrament um, is efficacious, meaning it has an effect on our soul, um, that if we start to make these efforts and have ourselves in the presence of Jesus, right, and we are cooperating with the grace that he's sending us, it will affect our souls. Um and maybe for some people it might be a sudden change and maybe for some it might be a gradual, but that is what encounters with our Lord does, is they affect the soul. He affects our soul, and transformation will start to occur. Mm, Amen. Amen. So as we're journeying through Lent this year, it's such a great time to really reflect on like where, how is God calling us to deepen our faith um, and just making space for him? And since we're in the year of Mary and the Eucharist, now could be a really good time to think about like how are we approaching Lent through a Eucharistic lens or mm-hmm. how can we make the Eucharist more central to our lives? Um, so adoration is the first thing that mm-hmm. really comes to mind. Like a holy hour is, oh, does it, does the soul good? It's, it's excellent to spend time with our Lord. And that will look different for everybody, depending on what season of life you're in, season of parenting, marriage, whatever. Um, but the value of spending time in front of Jesus and letting, looking at him and letting him look at you and to receive whatever it is that he wants to to offer, um, ah, there's nothing better. Yeah, and I think sometimes people are like, I don't really know what to do, or a whole hour, an hour seems like a lot, um, or like, bringing my kids. They'll never survive for an hour. Um, I know we read a book during Advent and it was like, you know, little by little, step by step oh, yeah, towards holiness. holiness. Yes. And um, to start, this is one of the things I started doing with my kids because I've been terrible at scheduling a holy hour for myself. But I made a commitment to the kids that anytime we pass by Catholic Church, we're going to stop mm-hmm. and just at least say hi. And sometimes we go in and they're like, hey, my God. <laughs> Okay, mom, can we go? And I'm like, okay. So, um, and sometimes they want to stay for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm not even thinking, I'm just driving where we need to go. And they're like, hey, mom, there's the church, you know? Mm. And so, um, and knowing that it's probably not going to look perfect, they might be allowed. And it's not, and the church is open, you know, the Eucharist isn't exposed. But I'm like, I just, am I comfortable? approaching Jesus Mm. and do my kids feel like they can approach Jesus and I think that that's important and all of the details about what you do when you're there they're gonna work itself out you know but can I bring myself to Jesus can I will my kids grow up feeling like they can be in his presence Mm. you know comfortable in the presence of Jesus um and I just encourage yeah 
I'm going to have to get on that holy hour thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> God I'm not will doing take so great. whatever efforts we can give him. Yeah. So, and um, we we have here also like making the sign of the cross when you pass by a church that's something that we've been trying to mm-hmm. do we don't we don't always stop but to to, to acknowledge the fact that Jesus, Jesus is in that building <laughs> the present mm-hmm. the, the true presence of our Lord is is in that building um that's a really good habit to to have yeah yeah and then um you know and, and I think that just also shows our children like there is something different here there's something different here mm-hmm. Jesus is here mm-hmm. and so yeah, that was a habit my dad um, did when we were growing up, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, all right, so another idea um, for sort of focusing on this is when we are at Mass, especially if we have littles or kids that don't <laughs> want to be there, or there's mm-hmm. always a battle. Um, I would say the one battle that you should pick at Mass with your kids is probably being quiet the whole Mass is probably not it. <laughs> Um, although it's a great goal to work towards, but during the consecration, Mm. be like, okay, this is the part where we're going to kneel so that they understand like something, a miracle is happening. Mm. And if they're like, why are we kneeling? Be like, Jesus is about to become present on the altar. And when the priest holds the Eucharist up, like there he is, that's Jesus, you know, and then be done. Let Mm -hmm. that be, let that be the thing when you're drawing your kid's attention, that be the moment consistently every time uh, I love that and I've tried with my with my little kids because they will they are squirmy <laughs> but I have tried with especially with my youngest my youngest is two now um but with each of them to well, that's why I appreciate the bells I love that we have smells and bells and, and all the things <laughs> in our liturgies but when the bells ring that that key is like a cue for them like Jesus is here I will yeah. whisper that to them Jesus is here I'll be like where is he <laughs> like he's right up there I promise <laughs> I promise. And sometimes during the consecration, your children might shout out like the most inappropriate things. <laughs> My youngest, Leo, just a quick story. Um, he has recently learned the word booty. And and uh, I think it was like two weeks ago at mass, we had the consecration. And I'm like, oh, there's Jesus. And I hear Leo go, My booty. And. <laughs> You're and like, that will happen. That, that, and it that. makes Jesus smile. It, it makes Jesus smile. But sorry, not to derail these. No, it's fine. <laughs> well, I think it's funny. I think it's good to bring in these stories, you know? Yeah. My um, kids are making inappropriate comments right along with everybody Director of Family Life, right? rather. Like, this happens, you it know? It happens. Um, this is why we talk about yes. the messiness of family exactly. life. So one, exactly. Quick story. One time I took my kids to adoration, and my son, he was maybe five at that or four at that point and he walks up to the little kneeler and I'm like he's gonna kneel down and say pray to Jesus he walks right up um and then he turns around he stands on the kneeler he turns around and he jumps off and goes hi-ya <laughs> and I was like we need to leave like right now I was so embarrassed because there were other people in this but Jesus small loves it. chapel Jesus um, loves it yeah. I, no, I, I <laughs> but it happens to everybody yeah you know? exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> And for parents who have kids in sacrament prep or like as you're preparing for First Communion and confirmation, that all of these things, the faith formation that they're receiving, whether that's at a Catholic school or in a faith formation classroom, that's excellent. But bringing that into Mm -hmm. the lived reality of your family, so doing things like visiting the church um, or just going with them to to adoration and confession or or whatever may be the case but to to make that more of a of a lived reality because we have too often the eucharist is just something that we celebrate on sunday 
and like getting away from that, like yeah. approaching the treasure on a more regular basis. Yeah, and maybe just sitting with the question, like what role does the Eucharist play in my life right now, where, whatever state in life I'm in, outside of Sunday Mass. Exactly. And just meditating with that question exactly. and let that be your Lenten reflection if you're listening to this during Lent. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I. hopefully all of this is is helpful <laughs> to folks or just encouraging, just knowing again, like the Eucharist is a source and summit and that it will look different in each family. Your mm-hmm. season of life, it, it does make a difference, but if all you do is is make that Sunday liturgy like a real highlight, uh, like even more than movie night, even more than any any other routine that we go through as families to make that the highlight, that's that's Jesus loves that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in upcoming episodes from the Saint Philip Institute podcast, and we'll try to put a link in the show notes so you can get directly to those episodes, Dr. Luke Arredondo is going to unpack more of the teachings of the church, like Mm -hmm. with scripture and the catechism. Um, And so we will kind of complement that by breaking open more of like, what does this look like on a practical level as far as implementing it within our homes? Um, And you're always welcome to email us at podcast at stphilipinstitute.org. We have the Facebook group. I think Mm -hmm. we're almost to 300 members in the Life Beyond the Chariot Facebook group. Um, submit your questions there, um, especially if it has to do with the Eucharist. But we're really excited. This is like season three yeah. of the podcast. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited to see what, what Jesus does with with us during this year of Mary yeah, and the Eucharist. Absolutely. And with our audience and our diocese. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, should we close with prayer? Absolutely. Awesome. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of yourself. We thank you for the gift of the Eucharist and the sacraments. Lord, we ask that you draw us closer to yourself, that you help us to deepen our love for you, help us to deepen our love for receiving you and the precious gift of the Holy Eucharist, and to allow that to transform our lives. Um, If we are away from the sacraments, give us the courage and the strength that we need to return to you. And we ask all of these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.